So I'm sure we all learned a new word today, eucatastrophe. Challenge you to use that in conversation this week. So I, I loved what um, Keller points out in this whole um, kind of expose of, of the fiction and, and how um, C.S. Lewis was drawn from atheism to theism and to Christianity. Uh, I actually had a, a friend who, when he was in university, he and his friends used to read C.S. Lewis, and they none of them was a Christian. And years after they graduated from UBC at that point, uh, they met up again. And they had been reading C.S. Lewis as a kind of a study group or a reading group, and, and read Narnia, which most people who have followed C.S. Lewis at all have, have come across Narnia. And as they were talking, um, Dao was the the friend of my friend Brad, and, and he said, don't you wish sometimes that there really were an Aslan? And it was a moment when Brad, who now had come to understand um, who Aslan was as a caricature of Christ, and and could talk about knowing him and, and knowing how the, the stories of Aslan in a lovely way, kind of fill out uh, the historic story about Jesus Christ. So we, we'll be talking all summer long about a longing. And my aim for our times together is certainly that we will learn some things. I think there are, there are many things concerning those things that are yet future to us, Um that are challenging and, and we don't understand them very fully just yet, but there are ways that we need to have a look at scripture and, and even other literature and, and arts uh, to understand how they will sort of fit in together. But while we will learn those things, my hope is that more than anything else, we will discover a longing. Um, we, we will parse out what we mean by a longing, I'm sure several times. Uh, Sehnsucht is a German technical term which which it talks about a deep yearning. We use the word nostalgia and by nostalgia we think we mean a longing for something that once was um, and, and then we should think about what, what, what it would, would it be to have backwards nostalgia? What if it wasn't longing for something that once was but is something that is yet to be, that it's a backwards kind of nostalgia? a longing and for us to look into our hearts and our minds and ask what well, what do i long for i mean what are those things that um are deeply embedded in who i am and what i hope what i long for as uh, i try to peer into the future uh that kind of gray misty area of the eschatology of the Bible, the end times of the Bible. What, what am I hoping for? What am I looking for? And what do I know um, by the stories of the Bible, by what I sense in my own humanness, by what I learn from God's already creation about what that is, um, the all things new of the book of Revelation. I want to take you to a very simple little encounter that uh, points out the the dynamic of this longing 
the 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 way that it it pushes us into probing questions, um, wondering about situations. And the story that I'm going to refer to is in Luke chapter seven, and it's a story about two of the disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is waning in not only his ministry but his very life. And he begins to wonder, I, I guess someday, he begins to wonder about the Messiah. He has been preaching down by the Jordan River in his um, you know, camel skin coat and eating his locusts and wild honey and calling Pharisees bad names. And he, he sees Jesus coming and he says, look, there he is. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Uh, John then baptizes Jesus. There's this incredible demonstration of the presence of God and of the Holy Spirit. But as John is now sort of fading into, um, you know, the destiny that has been chosen for him, he begins to wonder about Jesus. Maybe maybe the, the kind of fanfare, in the best sense of that word, has not come about that should have come if the if the promised messiah was in fact uh, yeah, uncovered unveiled introduced so here's what we find in luke chapter 7 verse 20 john sent these disciples and here's what they said john the baptist has sent us to you to ask are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else are, are you the one or should we expect someone else? And um, inherent in that word expect is the longing that we're referring to. We've been longing for the Messiah. That, that's been the whole hope of Israel. That's been the, uh, the focus of their attention as they try to understand the cloudy, dark future for the nation of Israel. They said, well, it will be that the Messiah will be will be introduced. And so John is saying, well, are you that one? Because we've been longing for the Messiah to come. And is it you or should we keep on longing? Is there more for us to long for, to look for? The longing that we're describing, I, I think is very, very well put by our friend Sam G. Um, where he wonders if if death has been reversed or canceled out for some, is it possible that every sad thing will come untrue? Is it possible that every sad story will come untrue? Is it possible that every sad situation will come untrue? That's what I hope we'll be able to dig away at in, in our lives because we all need to examine what are the sad things of our lives um, in which we had different hopes, in which we had different dreams. And now we kind of look into that misty, cloudy future and we wonder, is there some glimmer of hope that comes in this sort of secondary application thing that Keller talked about where what we know isn't 
real or isn't true. It should be true. So even though we know there are the facts of the things that are the sad places, the sad things, sad times, sad people of our lives, somewhere in us, in our humanness, don't we long to ask, is it, is it at all possible that that could, could come untrue? John the Baptist's disciples said, is it you or is it, is it not you? Is, is there someone else that we should long for? So here's what Jesus answers, and it's a lovely answer. He, he, he first of all doesn't say a thing to them. And he, after he has allowed them to hang around for a while, watching him at work, and that's exactly what he did. He, he just let them watch him at work. Here's what he finally turned around and said to John's disciples. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. What is that answer? That answer is Sam Ganji's questions. Is it is it possible that everything sad will come untrue? Jesus said, here are the sad things. And, and he just picks on a catalog of observable sad issues, sad realities in people's lives. And he, he said to John, you're wondering if I'm the one you've been longing for. Well, what I want to remind you about and show your disciples is that what you have been longing for is what I have come to announce, um, to introduce, and finally to bring about in the new creation, the new heaven and the new earth. So, so Jesus picks on those, those kind of human dilemmas uh, that says these are real, but they shouldn't be. This is a true story. Each one of these characters may have a true story. But it shouldn't be. We shouldn't have these things in our human existence. And Jesus says, you don't need to long for somebody else. You can long for me and receive me because I've come to bring about the kingdom. A beautiful picture um, in which Jesus is saying, it's as simple as this, that the story that God tells is a story that has a true ending. The, the good story of God told in the whole uh, catalog of scripture, that story is one that has a happy ending. Not only do sad endings come untrue in God's good stories, but every good ending becomes even truer. And we'll talk later about the fact that um, the, the happy endings of the gospel and its implications in our world are beyond our imagination. They're more colorful, more more um, experienceable, existential. They're 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 louder. They're they they taste sweeter. All all the ways that we could try to imagine sensing a new world, then we we kind of push that out to the limit and say all, all of the good stories that God tells have good endings, have a happy ending, have a true ending. So Jesus says to the disciples of John, 
<laughs> go on back and tell them you don't need to look for anyone else. As as Keller said in in the video, there's no story um, in in human history that that humans would love more to be a true story than that of Jesus Christ. I'm going to refer you as we as we conclude this today to the book that I suggested last week, which is called All Things New uh, by John Eldridge. And as we think about this this um, question from Sam Ganji, um, what Jesus says about um, the longing that you have, I've brought the satisfaction of that longing. The fact that the stories of our human lives, the stories of God's word, are all longing forward. That's, I think, what we'll discover, that all of our longing is forward. Everything that is a part of the story of the Bible is somehow or other longing forward. It longs forward towards Jesus. That's what John's disciples would understand. But then it longs forward to something past Jesus, which is actually the enthronement of Jesus as the King of Kings and, and Lord of Lords. So we'll be looking into our hearts and we'll be wondering about the things that we long for. And we'll be, we'll be courageous enough um, to identify the things that are the sadnesses of our lives. And we'll wonder with Sam Gamgee, um, is it true that sad things will become untrue? All the sad things in life Everything sad is going to come untrue. In in All Things New by John Eldridge, he gives this little imagination exercise, and uh, I'll read it to you. You'll see it on the screen. He says, picture a treasure chest, not a small box that might hold jewelry on a girl's nightstand, a large treasure chest, larger than any suitcase that you own, larger than any suitcase you've ever seen. Picture a massive oak treasure chest like pirates might have used with large iron hinges and a huge clasp. The size and age and strength of this strong box say it was made for the most valuable things. Inside this chest are all of the things you wish could somehow be restored to you. Everything you have lost, everything you know you will lose, what fills your treasure chest? Dare we hope that all of the sadnesses will come untrue?